In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Two men went into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. They both prayed, they both did the same thing. But the reasons for their prayer, the content of their prayer, and most especially God's reaction to their prayer, were altogether different. Now the Pharisee marches into the temple of God, struts to the center of that great sanctuary, and stands by himself, apart from the other worshipers. He sets himself apart from the rest of the worshipers, but within earshot, so that they can observe his piety and hear his prayer. He wants to impress God and all those around him. And he attempts to do so by praying. And his life, according to him, it was a model of virtue. He thinks that he is better than others, especially the tax collector. He had never committed adultery He had never defrauded or deceived anyone, ever. He had never wronged any person. Now he presents himself before God as one who has gone as far as possible on that road of self-justification. In fact, he thinks that he has done more than God himself had even required of him. He fasted twice a week, something that is not even demanded by God in the Old Testament. In addition, according to the law of Moses, a person should give tithes of his fields, his herds, and his trees. But this man, he gives tithes of everything he has. Surely, the world and God himself must be deeply impressed by this man's piety and sanctity. But the unexpected verdict of God ultimately descends upon that man, declaring the Pharisee unjustified. How could this be? What has he done wrong? Where has he failed? What does he lack? One thing. He has no savior. He believes he doesn't need a savior. Now notice in his prayer, the Pharisee uses I five times in two verses. I thank you. I am not like the rest of men. I fast. I pay tithes on everything I obtain. The Pharisee give thanks to God for himself and not for the gifts 
that God has given him. He petitions God for nothing since he needs nothing. He believes he is already perfect. You know, it sounds as though he's praying to God, but really, he talks to himself and to others. He is his own God. He stands there and tells God how good he is. He exalts himself. He petitions God for nothing. He needs nothing. Certainly not a savior. In addition, the Pharisee in his prayer also mentions that he is not like the tax collector. Now, of course, implying that the tax collector in the temple was an evil man. But you know, this implication is not really without merit. You see, tax collectors in the Roman world had to betray their own people to fleece them. The tax collectors at the time were under contract with the Romans. They exacted taxes every year from the country's citizens on behalf of the Roman government. The Roman government required that the tax collectors were to deliver a certain amount each year to the government. But the tax collectors, they needed their, share, their fair share too. So they would squeeze everyday citizens in order to strip them of their little stake. And whatever they could exact by this pressure, they kept a percentage on their own and became very rich. They were mercenaries. They were evil. But even though the Pharisees' accusation against the tax collector may have been true, it never occurred to the Pharisee how he might look outside, outside of himself to serve his neighbor. No, the Pharisee thinks that if God judges that man and sends him to eternal flames, well, that's God's just judgment. But that Pharisee, with all his piety, is a hypocrite who has succeeded in deceiving even himself. Now the contrast between the Pharisee and the tax collector is abundantly clear. Recall that the Pharisee presented himself in a position to be seen by everyone. The tax collector, however, stands at a distance to be seen by no one. You see, the tax collector's sense of guilt and shame prevent him from strutting up to the central place in that temple like the Pharisee did. The tax collector's total guilt prevents him from raising his eyes up to God against whom he has sinned. He bows his head. He beat his breast, which in those days was a sign of great contrition, sorrow, unworthiness. And finally, he gathers enough courage 
to utter this simple, short prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now this prayer can also be translated, O God, be propitiated toward me, the sinner. The tax collector refers to himself as the sinner. It is though he is the only sinner in the world. No one else really counts at that moment. He alone stands before God, guilty, the sinner. Now, unlike the Pharisee who enumerated all his virtues, This man lists not a single virtue. He makes no defense. He has no excuse. He doesn't point out others who are worse than he. He simply calls himself the sinner. And notice his petition. He is not praying for some sort of generic mercy, that God would be good to him, that God would protect him, help him, make him a success. No. His words are of a lost, poor sinner that needs only one thing. To stand before God righteous in God's sight. You see, the tax collector needs a savior. And so he says, God be propitiated to me. Now the word propitiated here in the Greek is in the passive. With God as the subject. He is appealing to God to do what is necessary to cleanse him of his sin. And God does send the tax collector a propitiator, a savior. It's Jesus. He has an advocate who loves him and intercedes on his behalf. Jesus intercedes for the tax collector with his own atoning blood that cleanses the tax collector from all unrighteousness And presents him to his father. And because of this, God does answer the tax collector's prayer. He answers it this way. This man went down to his house justified, forgiven, saved forever and ever. Now, the irony here, of course, is that the one who goes down to his house justified is the tax collector and not the Pharisee. The reason is that the Pharisee was looking down on other people and seeing the other people as less than himself. Having sized them up as less than himself, the Pharisee measures himself according to other people and finds himself bigger and better than them. 
the Pharisee exalts himself before God. The Pharisee trusts only in, in himself that he is justified. Then he needs no savior. But the tax collector, he stands alone before God. It is between he and God only. When he confronts God, he confesses that he is the sinner. He humbles himself before God. And he trusts in God in the atoning sacrifice he is given through Jesus. The tax collector sees God as one who will make atonement and has faith that God will in fact atone him. He needs a savior. And it's because of that that he is justified. The Lord Jesus preached this parable so that we do not trust in ourselves, that we are righteous and treat others with contempt, but rather that we would humble ourselves before God and confess this, I am the sinner. I am in need of a Savior. But here's the good news. Even though we are the sinner, Jesus has taken care of our sin. He has all of our sin and filth piled upon his shoulders. And he takes that all the way to the cross. Jesus made himself a target for the wrath of God so that we may escape it. He provides himself as the propitiation for God's anger, the satisfaction for our sin, the price of redemption from our guilt. And God the Father in his kingdom agrees to punish, punish Christ in our place rather than punishing us. And all of this comes to us in the promise of the forgiveness of our sins. Forgiveness. That's what Jesus treats us with. That's what Jesus wants to give us. If we stand before his altar clothed in our own goodness and uprightness and pride, if we stand before him as if we need no forgiveness, as the Pharisee did, then he has nothing, absolutely nothing for us. But if we stand before him, as the tax collector did, humble and broken, and confess that we are the sinner in need of his atonement, then the Lord Jesus with his blood does cover our sin. We are given the gift of justification where Jesus gives to us his righteousness and perfection and holiness. So the sinner goes home justified. God be merciful to me, a sinner. 
That was the tax collector's prayer. And this is also our prayer. And because God has been merciful to you by sending Christ to be the atoning sacrifice for your sins, this is how you will go down to your house today justified. You declared righteous with the perfect righteousness of Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.